Hi, I'm Carl Payton, pastor of Transformation Church RVA. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for checking out this sermon. I also wanted to bring to your attention something that is close to our hearts here. While our team has prayed that this message would stir within you a desire to know more about Jesus and be more like Him, our desire is that it would only be supplemental to your faith journey and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next 30 to 40 minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. If you'll turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 4, if you uh, don't have a Bible with you, there's a Bible in the pew in front of you. Mark chapter 4. We're, we're launching a new series today. Um, four weeks uh, called The Counselor. Uh, and, and so I'm going to tell you a little bit about that in a second. But I, I, I thought I'd preface all of this by saying this message has been planned for a year. Uh, since last June. Since June, we, we look a year out and we try and pray for, we believe God is just as much in the preparation as he is in the execution of a message. And so we, we spend a lot of time preparing for these messages. Um, and so last June, we planned to speak on this series, and specifically today, this exact message. Why are you so afraid? And I can't help but believe that a sovereign God knew what we would be walking through this very Sunday. He knew the word we would need, and I believe that you're here to hear this word, and those who are listening via podcast, you need to hear this as well. Um, but we're starting a series today called The Counselor, and today's message, Why Are You So Afraid, out of Mark chapter 4, um, and, and I don't know if any of you have ever been to counseling. You don't have to raise your hand. You wouldn't anyways. Um, but I have been. I've been to counseling. Um, a, a few times in my life, um, the church kind of frowns on counseling. Um, yeah, yeah. Over the years, uh, what the response typically, if you go to uh, back the churches I grew up in, if you said, hey, man, I'm really wrestling with stuff emotionally and mentally, um, They'd say, well, get in your prayer closet. It'll fix everything. And you'd get in your prayer closet, and you'd pray and pray and pray. And things would still wrestle. And, and uh, there's this misnomer that talking to someone about someone who's wiser than you, someone who can direct you and is trained to do so, um, there is wise, uh, there's wisdom in, gaining, in, in going to and finding counsel. Um, and so when my parents divorced, my mom put us in counseling. That was the most worthless thing. I was like 12 years old. I didn't know what to tell this lady, and she wasn't really even that fun. Um, uh, the, I've, I've, I've not met many counselors that are. They're kind of all pretty serious. Um, and uh, one thing I found interesting uh, over the years is I've gone through to different counselors. Um, I remember the last time I went, I... Uh, walked in the room, and obviously insurance was kind of paying for it, and I was paying a little bit out of pocket. So I sit down on the couch, and they uh, 
this guy starts asking me questions. And I'm like, hey, I'm paying you, buddy. You have to answer some questions for me. Yeah. And uh, no, no, this is not how it went. Um, And most counseling you go to, you are going to get lots of questions. Lots of questions. And uh, what I want to introduce you to today is the fact that Jesus is a counselor. And in fact, if you look through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, what you will find is that Jesus asks over a hundred questions. Oh, you are sweeter than pie. Yes, you are. My goodness. We need to keep her in service. Uh, That's good. Um, He asked over a hundred questions, typically in response to questions. And so we want to walk through probably four of the most important ones, four of the most important ones that, that I have found. And today we plan to talk about why are you so afraid? And so if you're in a storm today, and I think we could say our nation is in a storm. Have you ever been in a storm and just felt so uncertain and like, Where's this going to land, and how's this all going to work out, and, and, and stress, and anxiety, and people are nervous? I can't think of a better message for today than, than, than for the Word of God to address within us worry, and concern, and anxiety, and being afraid. Next week... We're going to talk, if, if you need a miracle, if you really need God to move in your life in a special way next week, we're going to look at the question Jesus asked, do you believe I can do it? In week number three, we're going to wrestle with ongoing challenges, ongoing challenges and things that we can't seem to shake loose. And Jesus would ask the question, do you want to be well And then the last question we'll handle the week actually right before Easter is we're going to deal with spiritual doubt. Have you ever been there? Have you ever faced a time where you said, is this whole thing, what it, is it real? Is it real? And then Jesus would ask you the question, why do you doubt? And so we're going to answer that question. But if you'll turn in in, uh, Mark chapter 4. We're just going to read, and just to give you a little backlog here, background information, Jesus has just finished teaching all day long. He's just finished teaching all day long, and um, they're, they're getting in a boat, and they're about to go across the Sea of Galilee, and that boat is going to turn into his pulpit uh, a preaching moment, a teaching moment, an illustration. So verse 35, Mark 4 and verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind. They took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats With him, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. 
Let me pause for a second. Have you ever been on a boat when it gets crazy? Anybody? Yeah. Or been around a tornado? Any ever, anybody ever been around a tornado? I remember one went right through my grandparents' backyard. Let, let me tell you something about being on a boat when the waters are choppy and it's stormy or being amidst a tornado. Let me just clue you in to what happens. There's a, I, 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 would be, I've been, I had been attending church for years, years. I was saved. And I asked Jesus back into my heart all over again. I said, Lord, if I need, I need to make sure because this could be it. This could be the end. Because you get nervous. You get nervous. And um, if, if it was my wife, she would say there's certain rides at the fair that, that she won't go on. And then if you get her on them, she's praying and, and speaking in tongues and all kinds of things. Just asking the Holy Spirit to, to work and move quickly, God. Um. But what stuck out in this verse 37 is at the end, I, I've heard this story a million times. And I always pictured this boat just a rocking, right? Dark clouds, big body of water, boat just rocking. The scripture tells us that the boat was almost swamped. You know what that means? That boat is not only in a storm, but it's taken on water in such a way that the... the, the um, the writer says the boat was almost swamped, sinking, sinking amidst the storm. Verse 38, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Any hard sleepers? Yeah, that's me, okay? So this would be me. I, would, I have no problem sleeping through storms, babies crying. Well, I typically jump up if the baby's crying most of the time. My wife might disagree, but I, I think I jump up pretty quick. Um, but I am a hard sleeper, and I'd like to say it's because I'm very spiritual, and I just have so much peace and grace and hope and mercy on my life that I just I don't worry about a thing. But I can't say that's true. Um, I have a lot of those things, but probably not to make me that hard of a sleeper. Jesus is sleeping peacefully in the boat, in the, in the stern of the boat, laid up on a cushion while swamped. The boat is getting swamped. He's asleep. So that's the picture. The disciples woke him up, verse 38, and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, here's the question. Say it with me. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Verse 41, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Wow, what a scene. What a picture. I did some research, found out that the Sea of Galilee, everybody say Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is 680 feet below sea level and surrounded by hills and mountains. 
Now listen, I'm no meteorologist, but what uh, my research found is that it is a common place, it is the breeding ground for sudden storms. Sudden, out of nowhere kind of storms. It's, it was common for this to happen. Um, and many of us, I, I think, have this feeling that when we start a life with Jesus, that these sudden storms and, and, and rough waters just don't happen anymore. And I think this story would tell you otherwise. They were completely blindsided by this storm. Now, I can attest to being blindsided by dark times, by rough waters in life itself. I've seen marriages, marriages that, that, that have really been going great, and then all of a sudden, just, something, just completely blindsided by miscarriage, blindsided by infidelity, lies, and all of a sudden a marriage that was a Christian marriage, nonetheless, I'm not talking about mine in sp specifically, in case you guys want to start any rumors around town. Um, but I have watched marriages in ministry go through this and um, just completely blindside them. I've had friends that get completely blindsided by sickness. Man, I'm healthy. I just, I sat in a room um, on Friday uh, over at Virginia Asset Management and I was talking with this um, daughter and her mom uh, that we, were, we weren't even talking about pastoral stuff. I was theoretically off duty. And uh, we're talking about some financial things. And it's, isn't it like the Lord? You pray for opportunities for things and he just, he gives them to you. So we're sitting in this meeting and this lady launches, the, the mom launches into this story about her really close family friend, a runner, healthy as a horse. I don't know why people say that. I've seen some pretty unhealthy horses. Uh, but uh, very healthy, active, good Christian lady, struck with uh, stage four pancreatic cancer, just like that. Grand, grandkids, great-grandkids on the way. Just out of nowhere, completely blindsided by it. L getting laid off or a, a bad doctor's report. Or even children, like it's, it's, it's crazy how you think your child's doing so well, right? And, and, and you feel good about it. And, and for those with kids in the room, I don't, maybe you felt this before. And then you find out they're in trouble or, or something's not going right. It just, everything goes to that. And if we look at the nation today... Man, I, I completely, this has happened so fast. Sports organizations canceling. People's jobs being affected. I mean, it's just, I feel like I blinked and then we're staring this thing in the face, just completely blindsided. And let me tell you something, Christians are probably the best at hiding when we are walking through storms. 
Man, we'll put that smile on and we'll come to church. I wouldn't be shocked that there's people in this room today walking through emotional, physical, relational storms and you'll walk right through these doors and you'll put on a smile and pretend like everything is just fine, brother. Everything is okay. We're good at it. We're good at hiding it. You'll come in here and be ultra positive and then go home and cry yourself to sleep. We're so good at hiding from these storms. And this story comes at a great time because there's two things I think we need to remember. I think this story tells us to remember when you're in a storm. Everybody say storm. So as we navigate the waters of coronavirus, as, as you, because for many of us, we already had things going on before this, and this is just on top of it. It's like good icing on the cake, corona icing. And you're like, come on. We're getting ready for Easter. We're, we're getting ready for the biggest evangelistic outreach of the church in the United States. And here this is. Yeah. Let me tell you something. The, when the Bible says that the devil um, is out seeking whom he may devour, he will go all out for that. Don't you think that just because you've become a Christian that the devil's like... Uh, no more. No, he's going to press, buddy. He's going to come for you. He is relentless. And I think we need a relentless faith today. Everybody say relentless. Two things to remember when you're in the storm. Two things to remember. Number one, you're in the storm with his presence. You're in the the storm with his presence. In Mark 4, 37 through 38, it says, a furious squall came up. The waves broke over the boat, so it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was where? In the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And so here's the question. Here's the question many of us ask. If God were with me, would I be going through this if God were with me, would I be going through this? And, and my mind flips back to the verse that says, in this world we will have many troubles. But wait. But don't worry because I have overcome the world. Jesus gives us comfort that even though Jesus can be sitting right next to us, we can still feel the effects of storms. There, there's this misnomer that, uh, that if, if you're real close to Jesus, that you won't feel anything. And that's just not true. It's not scripturally true, and I know anybody who's lived any length of time knows that it's true, that oftentimes the closer you get to Jesus, the more it seems like things are trying to pull you away. Having Jesus in the boat does not 
mean st- the storm is not going to rock you, but what it does mean is that the storm will not sink you. Okay, so, so picture this. You will be rocked. The waves will overcome, but you won't be drowned. The fire will burn hot, but you won't be burned up in it. Think about Daniel and, uh, um, I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These guys were launched into a fire and stood there unburned. Why? Why were they unburned? There was a fourth man in the fire. Do you get, do you get the picture here? He's with us. So it's not as much the boat we're in or how nice the boat is or how intense the storm because you're going to feel it. It'll rock. But what matters not is how intense the storm is or how nice the boat, but who is in the boat with you. This is what the scripture is trying to tell us. Um, I read some studies that show um, older people, and I don't mean any of you, obviously, um, Uh, Jerry said, I'm right here, brother. (laughs) Studies show that um, older folks live longer, older people live longer if there's something living in the house with them. Did you know that? Yeah. Um, And I could tell you the story of how my, um, my grandmother passed away. You know, they didn't have animals or pets or anything like that. My grandma passed away. Um, not long after that, my grandpa kind of just went downhill. His, his mind went, you know, and he passed a, a couple years later. Uh, but yeah, dog, rabbit, uh, hamster, fish, ferret, hedgehog, a fern. Older people live longer if there's something living in the house with them. And the study's still out, but they say maybe even certain types of cats. Maybe even certain types of cats. Jury's out. But something's living inside the house. Everybody say, living inside the house. So, when we're walking through storms, when we're walking through coronavirus or marriage stress or financial stress, relational stress with our kids or with family or with friends or educational stress or you name it, work stress. And people look at a Christian and they say, how are you doing this? How are you making it? How... I don't understand how you're doing all this by yourself. What we can do is say, hey, listen, there's somebody in the house with me. There's somebody in the boat with me. Yes, it's rough. Yes, this is a terrible time. But because Jesus is in the boat, because Jesus is in this house, I feel his grace. I feel his strength. I feel his power. His presence is in the boat with me. Never let the presence of a storm have you doubt the presence of God. Never let the very presence of a storm cause you to doubt that the presence of God is with you. I like to personalize verses like Psalms 46, 1. 
It says, God is my refuge and my strength, my ever-present help in time of trouble. Or Hebrews 13, 5, never leave me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake Carl. Or even to say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what? I will fear no evil. Why? Because his presence is with me. So yes, we're going to walk. We're going to walk through a lot of turbulation, a lot of trying times. And for many of us in the room, you have seen many things hit this country over the years. What's consistent? His presence. There is nothing else that will be consistent. The presidents will change. The governments will change. The financial stability of our nation will change. But one thing that will never change is his presence. That's what matters. It's that you're in the storm with his presence. And then number two. Number two. You're in the storm for his purposes. You're in the storm for his purposes. Another thing that stuck out when I read, when I was studying for this message today. Whose idea was it to go across the sea? Whose idea was it? It was Jesus' idea. It was Jesus' idea. Jesus was the one that said, let's go to the other side. So those guys piled up in that boat, they pushed off, then why? Because Jesus knew, what you would find later, is that Jesus knew on the other side, on the east side, there was a man that was demon-possessed and needed a touch from the Lord. Jesus knew he had a mission, he had a purpose on the other side of the sea. So the trip was Jesus' idea. Going into this storm was planned. He knew where he was going. Now, some of us are going to wrestle with this today. The thought that Jesus would allow such. Do you think, you really have to ask yourself this question. Do you actually believe God is sovereign? Many of us um, would say that, but then not actually believe it because we would, we would say that uh, good times are his and then the bad times, well, that's, you know, God, God might not have control over all that. Well, he has control over all of it. That's what we believe here. The good, the bad, the ugly. It's all filtered through his hands. Now, I can't tell you whether he's the cause of it. But I can tell you that he has allowed it. And he's allowed it. And another thing I can guarantee you is that he will use it. Yeah, he will. He will use it. Um, they didn't experience the storm because they were out of God's will. They experienced the storm because it was in God's will. It was there. And God was there to ride it out with them. So what are you saying, Pastor? Are you saying God caused my storm? Maybe, I don't know. I'm not God. Maybe, maybe not. I can't tell you if he caused it, but I can tell you that he has allowed it for his purposes. So, for, for instance, if you're looking out at the landscape of the, the world currently and the panic that has ensued, many of us are, would say, God, what's, 
what good could come of this? We have to believe that if we, if we truly believe that God is sovereign, that he is working something out, that his purpose is going to be fulfilled through it. James 1 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. Because you know that the testing of your faith, what? It produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and lack nothing. Not lack anything. I can tell you today, everybody say, get real. Okay. Sometimes there's things we need to learn that we would learn no other way. The Lord knows this. When we say, when we sing the song, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word. The, the reason we're able to trust Jesus is because we've been tried and found him faithful. Many of us don't know him as a healer because we've had good health. But I can point you to several in this church that know him as healer because they were sick and now they're well. I didn't know God as the supreme supplier until I had no money in the bank and couldn't get groceries and then somebody show up at the front door with a bag full of groceries. And then all of a sudden, I know him as my supplier. You think in the midst of, of feeling hungry and in need or in strife, that it feels like God is working this out for good? No, but let me tell you something. He uses it for his purposes, and we learn something in the midst of it. We find him to be true and faithful and complete. And in that process, we become complete, lacking nothing. As the... Uh, one of, the, one of the things that makes me most, uh, I guess, if I'm, if I'm just airing out my laundry here, um, one of the things that makes me most nervous about this whole coronavirus thing is, uh, is, is fi I'm a financial guy, so I stress financially first. That's, that's, that's my go-to stress. I don't know if you ever stress about finances. I stress about finances all the time, all the time. I wake up to it, go to sleep to it. Sometimes uh, I'll trust the Lord even more and I'll go to sleep with some rest. The, what, <laughs> I have uh, six or seven. Uh, obviously, I, I work outside of here, so I landscape outside of here. Um, everyone that I have sent estimates to is not pulling the trigger on any of those estimates. I've got six, seven, eight thousand dollars in estimates that nobody wants to pull the trigger on because they're nervous. And so that makes me nervous about my finances. Churches across the nation are shutting down today. And rightfully so. Then my mind, my fleshly mind goes to, man, if we shut the doors, 
What about the money? What, what, what's going to keep the lights on? What's going to keep our employees paid and keep, because we, we have a staff here and, and, and we pay them and, and, and provide things for them. What happens to them? And my mind goes there. My, my mind has gone straight to financial collapse. I'm not worried about getting sick. I'll probably recover if I do. You know what the Lord whispered to me as I was getting ready this morning, as I was praying for God? What, what, do you, what would you have me say to these people who are walking through a storm? We're all walking through this together. And uh, he spoke directly to my heart. He said uh, this, this phrase, your faith should not be in the bank, but in the one who's on the boat. My faith shouldn't be in how all these physical things work out. All I need to do is have faith in the one whose presence is with me. They give a big shout. These disciples are on the boat. In verse 39, they said, teacher, we're going down. Verse 39, he got up. He rebuked, I love this, he rebuked the wind. I don't even know what that looks like. Stop it. I, I don't know what rebuking the wind looks like. But we get a quote on what he said to the waves. Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. You know all Jesus has to do is speak a word to your heart today. If you're wrestling with anxiety or fear or worry, all he needs to do is speak a word right to your heart. And he can speak to mountains. They'll move. They'll, he can speak to coronavirus, and it would disappear. That's what we believe, and that's what we're going to pray for here momentarily. God, cause it to cease. It reminds me, this quiet be still reminds me of 46. We just talked about um, Psalms 46 where it says, God is my refuge. In verse 10, you know what it says? Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And so after the, everything calms down, he says to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have faith? Now listen. If I was in a storm in a boat with Jesus, should this be true? Should that happen? Say Jesus calls me out later this week and we head out to Lake Chesden and this thing just erupts with a storm. And Jesus speaks. He speaks to inanimate objects and they obey him. If I'm in the storm and everything's calmed down, I would say, Whew, thank God. Man, that was close. You know what the Bible says? They were still terrified. And you know what they said? Who is this? They've been hanging out with him for a while now. They've seen him do some amazing things. And they said, who is this? That the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this? You see, their fear of the storm converted to a fear of the Lord. They said, who is 
this, that he, he, at his very word, the wind and the waves stop. Why are you so afraid? So that's my question to you today. Why are you so afraid? Because in this storm today, I can assure you two things. You're in it with his presence. And you're in it for his purposes. He's working it out. He's working it out today for your good. My hope is not in the boat. My soul is anchored in the Lord. Though the storms rage, my brother Roger sings that song. The anchor holds. Though the ship is battered, the anchor holds. Today I can tell you the anchor holds. Jesus, it, it is not about the storm outside the boat. It is about the man in the boat. Yeah. Take that with you today. As the band comes back up and we get ready to close, I'm just going to pray for us that God would make his presence. We just sang it in worship. Make us more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. That's our prayer, and that's what it needs to be today. And we're going to take a moment right before we take up the offering. We're going to take up the offering at the end. And just to, to communicate a little further, there's boxes at the back of the sanctuary that you can um, give. You can. Uh, it says place your connection cards here. It's got a red bow around it. Um, if you were going to give today, tithes are offering. As you leave, you can throw it in that box. And in a minute, Harold's going to come up and pray for us, take up that offering and and then after, after that, y'all just, y'all can go home. But I, I wanted to take a moment with churches across the nation, or, uh, people across the nation. Uh, the president called us to a day of prayer today. And I, f I find it amazing and, and really even encouraging that even the the leader of the most powerful nation on earth recognizes that there's someone bigger. There is someone stronger. There is someone who can handle this. And as we walk through life, maybe it's not coronavirus, but I am so comforted today. There is someone who can handle it all. There is someone who can carry the load. There is someone who at his very word can cause things to cease or be birthed. And one, one thing we're assured in scripture is that he inclines his ear to us today. And we're going to go into prayer as a church right now for our nation, for those affected. communities across our nation, even families now in our community. And the ripple effect is beyond those that have been directly affected by, by this virus, but it also goes to those who are now um, 
they've shut down schools and kids are going, you know, we're trying to have to figure out nutrition and we're going to be stepping into some of that in the, in, in, in the coming week. You're going to find um, that we will have opportunities for you to serve our local community by feeding kids um, who depend on their lunch at school. I, my mom always packed my lunch. But the, the, there are kids in this community right around this church that depended on breakfast and lunch at Meadowbrook High School, at the middle school, the elementary schools, and now they're shut down for two weeks. Us, along with other churches and community organizations, want to step into that. I think a largely forgotten group are those who are 60 and up. And our church specifically wants to step in to help those who feel like they don't want to get out and risk it. Maybe we can go to the grocery store. Maybe we can go wipe down things at their house or, or help them in some way, run them up the road. I'm not sure. But you're gonna, we're going to have opportunities for you to step in and serve. Because I believe that's what God's calling us to. As I researched how the church has responded to plagues over the years, plagues and epidemics and sickness and illness widespread, one thing that has been a marker of the church of Jesus Christ that has not been a marker of the community, uh, really up until really the 1920s here in the nation, but the church has stepped in and not away. Yeah, the church has stepped in and not away. And why? Why? I'm going to read you one more scripture here uh, before we pray. Um, because we, the leadership is going to be making a decision on Wednesday on whether we're going to just live stream next week um, or, or we're going to meet in person. But in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, it says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others as well. We want to do that, and I want you to be a part of it. But for now, would you bow your heads, close your eyes, and go to the Lord in prayer with me? God, we come before your throne with thanksgiving, into your courts with praise, because you are worthy of it, despite the circumstances surrounding our communities and our country. You are king, you are Lord, you are in control, and we trust you. But this very morning, we want to ask that your Holy Spirit would begin to heal and work in those areas affected by this virus. And Lord, we pray today that you would remove this virus, that you would uh, disperse it, get it away, and heal those who are sick. God, we pray for the communities affected by it, for the elderly, for, the, for those who are recovering, for those families who have experienced lost, loss around it. We're not praying uh, to a small God. We're not praying to a God who is aloof and doesn't know what's going on, but we are praying to you, God, because you are faithful, you are powerful, you are a healer, you are capable today, and, and, and we trust you in that. So right now, we lay before you every life, every soul. 
Lord, help this not just be an opportunity to shut up shop or, or to recluse away. Lord, stir within us a desire to step in, to serve, to see the darkness pushed back by the good news of Jesus Christ, Lord, that those, that maybe uh, souls would come to know you because of this. God, we know you have a purpose in everything and that even the worst of the worst, the worst situations we could think or feel, you can use them. You can turn it from into beauty from ashes, God. You can take what was meant for evil, God, and you can turn it for good. And we proclaim your power and your glory today, that it would spread across the nations, that they would, through this, see you. God, let us see you today. We ask all of this in the mighty name the only name powerful enough, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you give God praise for what he's going to do through, through this? Harold, if you want to go ahead and come up, we're going to get ready to take up the offering this morning. And um, uh, stay tuned to Facebook. Um, if we're going to be making a decision on Wednesday about whether we're going to meet next week. Right now, uh, our current leaning is that we are going to move to live streaming the service for a couple weeks. Um, because in considering others more than ourselves, uh, we want to step in to serve in ways. And we want to be wise. Because how many of you know the Bible talks about wisdom just as much as it talks about faith? So we want to be wise, and we want to have big faith that God is going to work this all out. Um, so stay attuned to the Facebook page, and we'll make some announcements there. Um, and we'll also, if, if you have a deacon, if you don't have a deacon, raise your hand if you're a deacon in the room. All right, look around. If you don't have a deacon, grab one of these people's phone numbers um, and tell them to call you. You can call me. You can call the office to check in. We'll be sending out emails as well. Um, but uh, check in and, and stay tuned so uh, we'll all be on the same page. Um, but I'm excited more than anything about seeing God work in a big way over the next couple weeks. Amen? Amen. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.